Welcome to the Bell Ringers Teaching Podcast. Hello and welcome to Bell Ringers, a teaching podcast to activate your school day. For today's Bell Ringer, reflect on the following question. How can you be a reflective teacher? So, I I would be interested to hear your thoughts on that first, Young. Okay, so how can I be a reflective teacher? Well, a simple answer for me is just by journaling. So, during my student teaching, I've been keeping a weekly journal that I've been sending to my supervising professor. Um, and in our weekly meetings, we can just talk about the weekly happenings and things that I've noticed and things that I'm dealing with. And then when I look back on it, I can kind of get a better picture of what happened this week rather than just trying to struggle to get to the end of the weekend and doing it all over. I can actually take some time and think, oh yeah, these are some good things that I did this week and here's some things that I might want to work on next week. So for me, it's journaling. And that's a great habit to to have. I would wonder how many teachers still do that kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. Because right now it's kind of a requirement of your student teaching. So I, I think a lot of teachers, they get busy and they don't often take the time to reflect. And mm-hmm. a lot of times even you don't even make the students take the time to reflect. But we know it is really important. And so in my new role as a coach, I've been learning a little bit about um having good reflective conversations with teachers. So we're going to give those a try today. Okay. And ladies and gentlemen, we have a very special guest today on this very special episode of Bell Ringers because we have my fiance. Her name is Kyla. She can introduce herself. Hi, I'm Kyla. Um, I'm also a student teacher right now in a fourth grade classroom. And I like this question a lot because it forces me to reflect on how I'm being reflective. With my student teaching, I'm forced to make goals and then provide evidence on how I'm reaching those goals. Sometimes when I have the students make goals for themselves, I also share what my personal goals are. So the students know that I also have goals for myself, but I'm holding them accountable. As a teacher? Yeah, as a teacher, yeah. Mm -hmm. That's excellent. So, Young, on episode two, you had a conversation where we talked through your plans for an upcoming Asia research project. So how do you think that project went? I think overall it went pretty good. Some kids were a lot more adept at taking notes and learning how to take those notes into sentences and into paragraphs. Um, And so as a result, their paragraphs turned a lot better. Um, They had flow, and they were grammatically correct. Um, But I think overall, most kids um, got to learn something new about a different country, which is ultimately, I think, um, one of the goals that I had in mind, uh, just broadening their horizons and kind of getting an understanding of something other than their own immediate context. That's great. So you you think that overall there was success with everybody learned something new about a different country, opened up their their eyes a little bit. Right. At the minimum, at least like each kid learned at least one thing new 
about a different country. Okay, but I there, yeah. but there certainly were kids that excelled a little bit more. So, what are your hunches about what caused those kids to be able to research well and put their thoughts together successfully? In writing, what are your hunches about what was going on with those kids that made them successful? I think ultimately it comes down to knowing how to use the tools that are available to them. So, for instance, even just knowing what keywords to look up when they're uh, first of all, we didn't let them Google anything. We stressed the importance of researching rather than just looking up a quick answer on Google. But so when they're looking in. I guess like real life keywords, you would look in a book and go to the index or the table of contents.、Um, and so, for the students who understood that, they were able to find where to go a lot sooner, and、um, that kind of guided their note taking process a little bit more.、Um, and for those who understood what a topic sentence was. Um, that can kind of help them formulate their own topic sentences and kind of get the main idea of the paragraph、um, in the books that they're reading. So, you feel like the students that、um, embraced or under, understood the idea of a keyword search、mm-hmm. were most successful. I think it was like just broadly speaking, the kids who. Knew how to do school-related work, right? So, how do you、um, take good notes and turn that into good sentences? That way, teachers can focus the students who like already had those skills to more deeper level thinking. That kind of engage those students more, and so that kind of propelled them. In their own learning, and so、um, I think those students could have a little bit more fun with that and、um, take on their learning for themselves.、Um, during this this project, as you're working with students, which of your skills as a teacher seemed most useful?、Hmm. It was quite a journey for me to try to think about how I was in seventh grade, and you know all these spelling mistakes that I had to get over. So、um, I had our kids write seven paragraphs on a different topic, like economy, government,、um, geography, or something like that related to their country. And the first time that we went around and read all of their paragraphs, took about ten minutes per kid. Mm-hmm. Um, by paragraph number seven, it was just two minutes,、um, and I think that a lot of that had to do with、um, me lowering my expectations on, or I guess being realistic about what we're expecting the kids to be doing, and how much research can they do, and how much、um, can they actually put into their own words, and how much can they actually understand. But also、um, by paragraph number seven, the kids. Um, kind of got the formula down.、Um, they know that we're looking for a topic sentence, and they know that we just don't want to get punched in the face with facts. That's what I told them.、Mm-hmm. When, I, when I saw like this mountain is this feet high, and I 
I just said, you're punching me in the face with facts and you know, make it more readable, I guess. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah, so it sounds like the, the more reps they did, the better they mm-hmm. got. Um, and I think that's very, very true. And for me as well. Like, mm-hmm. The more paragraphs I got to read, um, the more I can hone in on um, the general ability of the students and kind of um, figure out where which areas might need more focus. So what learnings do you want to take with you to future situations? Mm-hmm. I think... If I was to do this again, I would have to get a better understanding, a pre-assessment of all of the specific skills that are required for. Um, this was like almost a month-long research project, um, and credit to the kids for not getting bored over mm-hmm. there, um, because there were times when I I would have gotten bored. But just knowing where the kids are at and maybe offering more structure and support for. Um, even writing paragraphs. Um, the librarians at my school were a great resource and just helping out with some mini lessons towards the beginning of the research project would be a good idea. Yeah, so you want to make sure that you're thinking through ahead of time what supports they might need. Mm-hmm. How will you apply your new learning? Yeah, this is um, kind of a delicate balance because like I said I want the students to have those tools to succeed to um, to know how to write good paragraphs to know how to turn their notes into sentences and it's everything that's required of them in this project but at the same time I, I can't spend two months on this so maybe in, I could make the scope of the project more specific like say, okay, this unit we're only going to be talking about the geography. And so we learn about landforms and the different names and the effects on climate on just geography in general, and then turning that loose into, okay, now we're going to study a specific country. You're all going to study a specific country and then talk about the geography. And so that could be a week or two. Mm -hmm. Um, And you know, maybe a couple months down the road, we do economy or something else. Mm -hmm. Um, And by that time, we don't need to spend as much time doing the the researching and the skill building. And it's more, um, this is what you need to know, like the keywords on economy that you need to include in your paragraphs. But since we already did this with geography and the other um, topics, um, they kind of have a better feel for what they need to do. Yeah, so you are almost thinking, break it down into smaller pieces, but you're going to use them more frequently, building those skills, and that would make it um, more engaging for them because mm-hmm. it's broken down into smaller chunks yeah. and and get the students better results. Yeah, and I think um, it gives us a good break. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, the way that I'm thinking about this right now is um, maybe we spend a week for me, just more direct instruction. Um, these are the things that you should know about geography. These are the keywords that you should include in your paragraph. A week of them doing it on their own, and then we come back. Um, now it's me again, and so kind of giving everyone a little bit of a break and change of pace once in a while. Yeah. So as you reflect on this conversation, how has it supported your learning? 
Well, as we've been talking, I've been making some frameworks of a unit already. Mm-hmm. And like how I to hear do that. This. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So definitely reflecting on my reflections, I guess. You know, and instead of just like journaling, um, it really is beneficial to talk to someone and be coached along with this reflection. Yeah, I think there's questions that you don't know to ask yourself. Mm. Thanks for doing this with Mm me. All right, and it is a treat to have Kyla with us today because she can bring us more of an elementary level perspective. So we're excited about that. And Kyla's been working on a science unit with her fourth grade students. So thinking back on this unit, what are your feelings about the unit? Yeah, I really enjoyed teaching this unit because I feel like it was a lot of hands-on activities and the students were really thinking about um, the ecosystem around them. And the school I'm at has a great outdoor education facility and incorporated a lot of simulations from the outdoor ed teacher. So that was really cool kind of to take a step back and look at more from a student side because that was almost participating in the simulations alongside with the students and it was really cool to see them. So you were able to collaborate with the outdoor ed teacher Mm -hmm. which is awesome and it sounds like it was really hands-on which is something that's incredible to incorporate. What effect did the decisions you made about the unit have on the results you achieved? I think sometimes When I was planning a lesson, I was planning it with an outcome in mind and maybe not thinking about how my students would respond to the particular activities I had planned. So sometimes the outcome I had planned wasn't achieved because my activities, maybe the directions weren't fully stated or the students just weren't having a good day or something like that. And then the next day I was like okay we gotta return to that and I think during the unit I tried to be as flexible as possible Mm. just with okay they didn't get that concept but that's okay we can return to that um and just having that flexibility throughout the unit but also understanding that the we have certain deadlines like with our assessment and we have to move on to our next unit Mm -hmm. and how much time can I spend on a certain concept like making sure they understand this vocabulary word and how it relates to our bigger picture. Yeah, there was a lot of little decisions in the moment that I had to make um, that affected the outcome of the lesson or the change of pace, how we were doing. And if the students were understanding something, felt okay, we can move on. If not, then I had to reconsider what I was doing in that lesson. Okay, so it sounds like you were really trying to be flexible in your planning. Can you think about a specific time that in the unit that you felt like they weren't quite ready? Can you talk about that? And what were the options you considered? And then ultimately, what did you choose? Yeah, so it was a lesson where I was talking about food chains. And they had these organism cards where it had the name of an animal and the animals, like what it ate, different structures, and they were trying to create uh, 
like partners, like this animal eats this, so they go together, this animal eats this, so they go together. And just so they got an idea of the different interactions that animals had. The next step in the lesson plan was to discuss the different roles that organisms have in a food chain. So producers, producers, consumers, and decomposers. Uh, And so I introduced that and they looked at me with blank faces, like Mm. they've never heard those words before. I was like, oh boy, I, because I did a pre-assessment and I felt like they had a decent understanding of what that was, but then when I reintroduced it a few lessons later, I just felt like they couldn't actually apply or hold up an example. And we had, they had to go to Spanish in like 10 minutes. So I thought, okay, we'll just stop here because it is not working. Mm-hmm. And I reevaluated what I was doing, how I was introducing it. Because I was think I, I was introducing it with an assumption that they kind of knew what I was talking about. But mm-hmm. then I realized they have no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> so they came back from Spanish and... I had them look, I had them make piles of their organisms, like, okay, this animal looks like it eats other animals, or this animal looks like it it doesn't eat anything, or it eats dead things, and so kind of really took a step back on their understanding of these roles of organisms, and then we could have a good discussion about, well, you have all these animals in one pile, what do you think their role is in the food chain? Um, and then my mentor teacher gave me great advice of saying sometimes it's beneficial to introduce those words beforehand mm-hmm. and then talk about them rather than explaining it and then trying to give them a word. So you you were teaching them, you felt from the pre-assessment data that they had an understanding, but then turns out mm-hmm. they did not. Um, so you regrouped and, and then more explicitly taught that vocabulary yeah. afterward. So what, what do you want to stay mindful of from now on, especially when you're thinking about vocabulary? Yeah, I think a big thing with vocabulary words is I really want them to make that connection to the words, not just memorize a definition. So really be able to use those words in their conversations and uh, just as we're talking about science, also I incorporate the vocabulary words in my discussions and when I'm talking to the students. Just, I think I really want connections and them to apply that learning when they're talking. How might you ensure that you maintain focus on that kind of vocabulary instruction? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think in college when I was taking my science teaching science classes every day we'd come in we'd have a quiz about what we were learning about the previous day and although I kind of hated it at the same time I loved it because I was like I really know what I'm learning because every day I'm tested on it mm-hmm. so I think maintaining focus on the vocabulary I, I need to revisit that often instead of on the first lesson I introduced this I found this thing um, from another teacher where they would play heads up with their vocabulary words where mm-hmm. they had the vocabulary words on a index card and they put it on their head and their partner would have to describe what word was on their forehead and so before vocabulary quizzes I play that game just so they're getting they're describing the words to someone else and the other person has to guess what that word is um, just doing more interactive games like that where they're using the vocabulary words over, over and over and over again and not just once and then. Yeah. Yeah, so similar to what Young found is that um, 
students need repetition. And oftentimes in teaching, what do we do? You know, we kind of give it to them once and say, make sure you're studying yeah, this yeah. at mm-hmm. home and the test is on Friday, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that's a connection that you both are making. So overall, um, as you reflect on this conversation, what ha- how has it supported your learning? I think it's been good for me to think about how my decisions as a teacher has affected how this unit has gone. And I realize like, my decisions maybe aren't exactly, like the way they play out in, in the classroom are exactly what I was expecting. So just reflecting on how flexible I need to be and um, also the importance of both the vocabulary and just me talking about that made me realize like, yeah, that's a big thing about this lesson is the vocabulary words and making sure they have that understanding, um, but they can also apply it to just what they're doing. Um, yeah, it's been good. And I see the importance of being a reflective teacher because now I'm thinking, okay, they're taking their, their final test on Friday and I need to look back on a lot of the data that I have and see what we need to go over before they take that test. Yeah, great. Well, thank you for being a part of this. Thank you. Well, I am so appreciative of you reflecting, and I I definitely know in my years as a teacher, and I think a lot of teachers can say this, that we don't do enough reflecting. And so I encourage us all to do more of this. Find find people that uh, you're comfortable with, or maybe there is a coach in your building and they'd love to chat with you, even if you journal, which is wonderful, and that's a great step, um, having an outside voice. You guys could have these these reflecting conversations <laughs> together. That would be awesome. All right. And we have a question from a listener named Caitlin, and she is a third grade teacher, first first year third grade teacher. And she asks, How do you know when it's when you can move on to the next unit? And I think that's a good question, and it really ties into what both Kyla and Young were speaking about. So this last week in my district, I was so excited to have a, a guest speaker for our professional development that we held. Um, and it, his name is John Carippo, and he's the author of Edu Protocols, which I am sure I talked about That's on this episode before. <laughs> I've now met him in real life, and we're BFFs. I feel like this Edu Protocol approach is so um, relevant to what you are talking about. And one of the big ideas really is reps, 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 because kids are going to get better. If you think about it like a sports team, think about we don't do eight weeks of offense and then eight weeks of defense, right? Mm-hmm. It's integrated and and we're giving feedback along the way, not just on the game day. The other thing that I also think can be a hopeful thing for new teachers like you is you can take these structures 
and repeat them. So it's like, guess what? You're, you're working less. You're not taking, you're not coming up with these grandiose plans all the time. And you're also not taking stacks and stacks of papers home on the weekend, which you will find that you don't actually grade. You bring them home <laughs> and you don't actually grade. So I'm going to give an example of just one uh, of his edu protocols. The one, especially for vocabulary development, is called the fast and the curious. And he says it's kind of like a proto-protocol because it literally is just that vocabulary development so that you can get to those higher order uh, levels. So you take a tool like quizzes. <laughs> That's a tough one. <laughs> quizzes is an online uh, quiz site. Beautiful thing as well. There's already a bunch already made, so you could type in, you know, ecosystems, and you could either take an already made quiz or you could pick and choose. You could make a few of your own. Anyway. On Monday, first thing, you don't even do any direct instruction on it. First thing, you give it to them. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they're probably going to, and I saw this happen at the PD. It was wonderful, right? So the first, and he gave it to us on, like, trivia about Nintendo, right? So it's stuff teachers don't know anything about because we're not cool. <laughs> or, well, and anyway. So we don't know anything about it. And so it's first time around, we, yeah, we get mm, maybe, and you can see the stats of the whole class, so maybe maybe 60% accuracy, so about a D. But you don't stop there. So then at that point, after the first go around of the test, then you do some direct instruction. Okay, these are maybe four that a lot of people got wrong and you give a little bit of that, that direct instruction. But now they have a reason to listen, to care, kind mm -hmm. of, yeah. um, because they've seen it in a question. Mm -hmm. uh, and then guess what? Then you give them the test again. Um, and they don't need to log in. They just go to a website they can put in a code or you can put a link in Google Classroom and they just have to click the link and it takes them right there. And then they take it again and guess what? Your scores already are up from like 60% accuracy to about 90% accuracy, just like that. But then again, you don't stop there. You don't say, okay, all right, well, we'll test this on Friday. The next day they do another rep. Next day they do another rep. So kind of like what you were saying in, in that science class you took in college, you had a quiz every day. Um, and while you didn't like having a quiz every day, you also liked it. In this case, you know, you'd make it lower pressure. You know, you'd, they get five points just because they participated. Right? And, then, and then you also have some data there to know what they did and didn't understand. Um, and maybe there were a few, even at the end of that second rep, that they still didn't really get. So maybe you do, and this is another protocol prayer model where you would take a word and you come up with a definition, a non-example, mm -hmm. examples. Um, and guess what? You do it again the next day, right? Your plan is the same thing. Um, you're giving feedback instantly there in class. You're not taking it all home to grade um, mm -hmm. that night. And it's not a pile of worksheets either. So anyway, I just really love his concept of we're going to get everybody there. And, and it's partly going to be due to the reps that we do. Um, he has one that's a mini report. So thinking about your Asia country report, instead of one big report this quarter, okay. um, instead of that, how about we do one every week? And they're smaller, but we're getting the reps, we're keeping, we're building that muscle, uh, we're building those skills. So I just really think that um, that's a, a great way to approach it. And his books offer...
interesting little things that are going to keep kids engaged. So for example, like the random emoji paragraph. So let's think of an English class, but, but even if you did this in your geography class to build their writing skills and the concepts of connecting ideas, you, there's a website that brings up a random emoji, but it's also all very clean. It's a special website made by educators. Make sure there's no inappropriate emojis coming up. Uh, and he ends up putting up five, um, and they have to write paragraphs based on that. Um, and they're excited. They were excited because they think the emojis are fun. They're typing away. Um, and then there, he also has a process for giving, giving feedback, making it better all in that time. So there we were in a class, he was doing sample lessons of sixth graders. And when he asked who likes to write paragraphs, no, none of them, right? They hate it. But guess what? In 20 minutes, they ended up writing two. They're typing slow and a little painful to watch. Yes. But is it going to get better if you do it every day? Yes. So, um, I just really am excited about his approach and what he has to say. I think it makes a lot of sense and it helps drive home the idea that uh, we don't want a bell curve in our classes. We want them to all succeed and we want to do our best to be giving that feedback all quickly all along the way um, and engage all the students. So. Uh, <laughs> I highly recommend that he be on the show, but I also <laughs> highly recommend uh, you can get his book, but he's also um, really generous. If you go to eduprotocols.com, you can find templates for several of the res of the edu protocols. He wants this out there. So there's a lot of great resources that we'll link to. We should end uh, with a quick little funny story. Mm -hmm. Young, I was remembering uh, you were on student council yep. and you were president already in your junior year Yes. <laughs> and we are not quite sure whether it was your junior year or senior year. I think it was my sophomore year um, trying to become president for okay. my junior year. Yeah. So you were, you came up to do your speech. Mm -hmm. I think you had turned something in that was much more detailed than I thought you were yeah, going probably. to do. Yeah, probably. Probably, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so note to all teachers out there, even if you think you have told them that they need to write it ahead of time and get it approved, they will go rogue at I, I think that's what I did. I yeah. turned in something because I needed to and then spend some time thinking about what I actually wanted no. to say. <laughs> right. And what you actually wanted to say was... Uh, you got up there and you're like, I just want you all to know I'm never going to give you up. Never going to let you down. Never going to run around, run around and, and desert you. Desert, desert you. you. Yeah. And uh, was that a winning speech? It was. Yeah, yeah. it was short and sweet and, mm -hmm. and you did win the election. Yeah. So it worked. Did you say the whole song? Did you go through no. the whole No, it was, okay. just it, was that. Just that. it was just that. And then did you end up playing the song at some point? Mm, no. Okay. You know, actually, like when I was thinking about what I actually wanted to say, <laughs> I was trying to learn the Napoleon Dynamite dance. Oh, um, which your sister which later sister did. <laughs> yes, your younger sister did that. Was it for the talent yeah. show? Did she win? Did she win? She was. I she think she placed. Okay, I think okay. she placed mm -hmm. for sure. Yeah, I didn't actually witness that myself. I don't think, but I definitely heard about it. Yeah. Okay, so the crazy things your students do. The crazy things your teachers have done that 
you don't know about. We hope um, this has helped activate your school day and we hope that at the end of the school day today you'll take some time to reflect. Thank you Kyla for being our special guest. Thank you for having me. All right have a great day. Bye guys. Bye.